1: So what did Admiral Brett Girard tweet in August of last year that was so controversial about COVID that Scott Gottlieb, the guy who, like Brett Girard, was one time the head of the uh, Food and Drug Administration, sent a note to the Twitter cops that, hey, hey, this is dangerous. It's misinformation. You got to take it down. You got to flag it. You got to preclude it from being retweeted. Well, here's what Brett Girard tweeted. It is now clear that COVID-19 natural immunity is superior to vaccine immunity by a lot. (laughs) There's no scientific justification for vaccine proof if a person had a prior infection. The CDC and the President of the United States must follow the science. If there's no previous infection, then get vaccinated! Exclamation point. So he is saying... That if you have not been infected with COVID, you need to get vaccinated. It's a matter of urgency. That's why you put the exclamation point on it. But if you have had COVID and you have recovered from COVID, your body naturally has produced the antibodies that will give you more protection from COVID than the vaccine will. We now know all of this to be true. And it should be noted that Brett Girard was only saying what had been true of every single disease ever for which mankind develop a vaccine. Every single time. If you get the disease and go through it, your body builds up antibodies to protect you from it a second time. Better than any artificial chemical compilation can be concocted in science. But Scott Gottlieb had a problem with this, and he said that this had to be taken down because if it were not taken down, it would be retweeted and it would put the acceptance of the vaccines in peril. Now, Scott Gottlieb's free to believe what he wants to believe, and he's everybody's entitled to be wrong. But the reason why this was highly suspicious is because, at the time, Scott Gottlieb was on the board at Pfizer— The entity that was making the vaccines and also, it should be noted, the entity that was paying Scott Gottlieb $365,000 a year to be on its board. So that puts Scott Gottlieb's concern about this tweet in a little bit different light. He wrote to Twitter, this is the kind of stuff that's corrosive. Here he draws a sweeping conclusion off a single study in Israel this tweet could end up going viral and driving news coverage. Yeah, it could. We can't have that because then the American people might have an alternative view to what they're being told by their betters, and they might decide to do something different than what their betters are insisting that they do. Now, is it just me or lately, in the aftermath of DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills safety, dropping and dying? on the field in Cincinnati eight days ago and then being miraculously brought back to life twice by medical personnel. Is it my imagination that we have since seen more video evidence on social media of young people like Damar Hamlin dropping inexplicably while in the midst of normal, everyday activities they were engaged in? Is that my assumption Or am I right on that? I'm fully aware that social media can present a funhouse view of life. For instance, if they show a video, and I'm I'm looking at one right now of a basketball game between Old Dominion and, can't see the other team in the video, but it was this guy shooting a shot, and over in the corner there's a guy in a blue jersey. He just keels over, Georgia Southern. Old Dominion and Georgia Southern. Score is ten to seven. It's seven minutes into the game. Here's this young man. He's look looks like a backcourt player. He's under he appears to me he's under six feet. He's playing defense. He's guarding. He's guarding. And all of a sudden he bends over. Whoa. He goes down on his rear end and then he's like laying flat on the floor. And the Georgia Southern players are putting they're doing what the Buffalo Bills players did. They're putting their hands on their head, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I just saw. So, Charlie Kirk tweeted this yesterday. So, I look for this kid. I listen to the audio. The game was Saturday. So, it's not something that happened, you know, two, three months ago. He didn't have a stomach ache or two or three years ago or whatever. Because you always have to be aware that you could be being played on TV. I saw a video the other day of a newscaster, a, a young lady in the midst of a news report. She's talking. She's giving the report. The anchor's back in studio on a split screen. And all of a sudden... The woman on camera, like, basically just starts to kind of wig out, just like you see her. You can tell from her facial expressions and from her words that she is in distress. And she says to the person back in the studio, I'm, I'm not feeling very well right now. I'm not feeling very well right now. And then she, like, stumbles off. I saw a comedian telling a joke. And the comedian said something intemperate. I won't repeat it. And then just keeled over. I saw a woman standing at a podium debating another person at the podium. The other person is speaking, and all of a sudden, she just, bam, drops like a tree felled by a chainsaw. And then I see this social media post the other day from a lovely young couple, apparently at a Tennessee Titans game. Guy tweets, please, please, please pray for my wife, Alexis. She suffered cardiac arrest last night. Her heart stopped beating for three minutes before being resuscitated. She's currently in ICU. My 15-month-old daughter and I need her more than she ever knows. So is it my imagination, or I don't know how they're going to keep, because of DeMar Hamlin's injury, which was off our radar of anything that had ever happened before, because of his amazing recovery, he's been discharged from Cincinnati hospitals, and he's back in Buffalo. He's still in the hospital, but he's, by all accounts me's looks like he's resuming a normal life. It looks like by the weekend I'll be surprised if this guy's not I'll be surprised if he's not in attendance at the next Buffalo Bill playoff game. But I know there've always been these rumors out there that hey, this vaccine's dangerous, there's myocarditis, there's this, there's that. but it just seems to me it's anecdotal it's not anything scientific, but boy, it sure seems like there's more evidence now of this happening more often. And I don't think it is a ridiculous question to ask to say, could these vaccines, the Pfizer, the Moderna, the mRNA vaccines, the ones that reprogram your DNA, could there be a window of time after you get them? Or could there be a an amount of, combined vaccine and booster that brings about or increases the possibility of these kinds of reactions in people. Because when you watch these videos, you always have to be like, am I being punked here? I could be played. I will just say from the videos that I've seen, if these people are punking me, putting on an act, they are tremendous actors. The one I saw, the woman at the debate, I don't think a human being who's in control of their body movements can fall like that. I just think your instincts are such you're going to put a hand out, you're going to break your fall in some ways you're performing. Not her. Man, when she went down, she went like, it was literally like a tree falling. And it is scary to watch. And I wish I could say that if this turns out to be precipitated by the vaccines, I wish I could say that we're a country that fully discloses everything. We're a country with an adversarial media that is going to get to the bottom of the truth, and our mistakes exist, but they were well-intentioned. I don't have that faith. There's too much money at stake. There are too many political agendas at stake. I mean, look where Alex Berenson is writing this revelation that Scott Gottlieb joined in with Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky and the other liars in the public health space. He's not writing it in the New York Times. He's not writing it in a mainstream media outlet. He's writing it on Substack. You've got to really look for it to find this information. And I fear we have to look to really find the truth. So it was pretty important for House Republicans in the aftermath of the what did it take? 15 votes to get Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House. I think Kevin McCarthy had to uh, he had to give in on a lot of things. In fact, it is uh, a little known fact that uh, Kevin McCarthy's uh, going to have to uh, cede his entire fortune to Lauren Boebert and Chip Roy. Now that he's become Speaker of the House. No, I don't know whether he made that concession or not. But I know that in the aftermath of that vote taking 15 votes, it was important for the Republicans in the House to appear unified on something. So they came together yesterday and they voted to defund 87,000 IRS agents. Every Democrat voted no. Every single Democrat in the House voted no. Democrats are for 87,000 IRS agents. You know who's not for that? Charles Payne of Fox Business.
0: So right now we've got 8,300 revenue agents, 2,700 revenue officers, 2,000 special agents, uh, and 8,000 examiners. I mean, um, where do, why would we need 87,000 more on top of that? Who would they go after? We do not need 87,000 more IRS agents or examiners or officers and $79.6 billion. We don't need to put that in there. They, they say that there's a so-called tax gap, but they think taxes that are owed but not collected, uh, $458 billion. I don't know where that number came from, but I, I think this is a dangerous gambit.
1: Well, it could be a dangerous gambit, but I also think the Republicans are engaged in a dangerous gambit if all they're going to do is, for the next two years, hold votes that have no hope of passing in the Senate or getting Joe Biden's signature. That exposes you to the criticism in 2024 that you're not about governing, but you're about nothing but gridlock. Now, gridlock can be good. I watched a video the other day of uh, Antonin Scalia, the former Supreme Court justice, talking about, yeah, gridlock exists in Washington. The founders wanted gridlock. They wanted it to be hard to get things done. They didn't want a simple majority to dominate. But I think we'll reach a point of diminishing returns if all the Republicans do is investigate and pass things that have no hope of getting passed. Now, I don't want them to pass anything bad just to get something passed. But here's something that they're supposed to be getting ready to vote on that. Well, if they can get this done, uh I don't know at this point if it would be good or bad, but it would certainly be different. Republicans in the House are going to vote on a bill that would, are you ready for this? Abolish the IRS and eliminate the national income tax. I know you're cleaning your ears out. You're going, what? That's not a thing. Stop reading tinfoilhatnews.com, Bruce. No. This is from Fox News, which I know all the libs who are listening, all three of them, are saying, well, it is from com. if it's from Fox News. No, it's from Fox News. Republicans in the House are getting ready to vote on a bill that would abolish the IRS and eliminate the national income tax and replace it with the national consumption tax. Okay, we've always heard periodically about the flat tax, right? The flat tax. Was that a Ron Paul thing? Who was... Uh, Steve Forbes, I think, was the flat tax guy. I think he was all about the flat tax. Now the guy behind it is Buddy Carter. Of course, his name is Buddy. He's from Georgia. Buddy Carter. He doesn't call it the flat tax. He calls it the Fair Tax Act. I'll be willing to listen to the merits of this, but I'll just say this. We, as a people, are genuinely are generally resistant to change. And the greater the degree of change, the greater our resistance to it. If they ever try to eliminate Social Security, I can't imagine the politician who stands up and says, all right, Social Security is insolvent, it's on a track to go away, we're going to just eliminate it, and they could give you the sweetest of sweetheart deals to replace Social Security, but all of us have been conditioned to the fact that I involuntarily paid into this crap fest, and I'm getting my money back, and you better not try to take it away from me, even if you're going to give me a better deal. I don't want to hear it because, A, I don't trust you to give me a better deal. They keep moving the age back. They talk about means testing, but, you know, they're not talking about getting rid of it because well, they, nobody wants to own it because why we're resistant we've come to count on it
0: they've already bumped everything up to what seventy well, five of course you can younger move. younger people can't even yeah. start to think about claiming until seventy five
1: yeah I mean you can take it at sixty two and get like three dollars a month oh no or you can move it back and they sell you on that like move it back move it back move it back no, the further not, you move it back
0: it's not that cheap
1: yeah but anyway <laughs> the point I'm making is I don't think we in an area where we argue about anything, everything, and everything, are open to radically getting rid of a system that we've all grudgingly come to accept. Because a flat tax, think about it, they take 20-some percent of your income, and then you pay Social Security, and then you pay state tax, and then you pay, in some cases, local tax where you get gouged by the city of Columbus just because you work here. In order to supply the federal government with the same inordinate amount of our money that they spend without justification in most cases, the flat tax would have to be what? You go to the grocery store, are you prepared for like a 25% tax on bread? I mean, the flat tax would be... This is your tax right here. Everybody pays it. You buy a new car, you pay 25%. You buy a loaf of bread, you pay 25%. Oh, is
0: that what he's proposing? I I thought it
1: was just on your income.
0: I thought the flat tax people were interested in flat taxing your income.
1: And of course- I always presumed it to be a flat tax on everything. Really? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So here's Buddy's website. This comes from buddycarter.house.gov. He says- As a former small business owner, I understand the burden our failing income tax system has on Americans. The fair tax eliminates the tax code, replaces the income tax with a sales tax, ding, 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 there you go, and abolishes the IRS. If enacted, this will invigorate the American taxpayer, of course it will, and help more Americans achieve the American dream. Oh, Buddy has not gotten the memo that the American dream is evil, that it's racist and oppressive. (laughs) So he's got... People here who support him: Kat Kamick of, I think she's of, she's from California or New York. Uh, Bob Good, Jeff Duncan, Thomas Massey—he's one of the good ones. Ralph Norman, Bill Posey, Gary Palmer, Jim Banks—I think he's one of the good ones—and Barry Loudermilk. Not a lot of giants in there. You notice Jim Jordan's not a part of this. So, and also you notice Chip Roy, Lauren Bobert. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt gates all the ones that are always in front of the cameras are not part of this either. So I don't know if this has a chance or not. It's part of a larger endeavor, it appears, by the Republican House to investigate, 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 which I'm fine with. But again, I will say, if you want to protect yourself against the label that all you were about was investigating and passing bills that had no chance of becoming law, you have to find a way to get some things done